And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Rocketed as a baby from the exploding planet Krypton, Kal-El grew to manhood on Earth, whose yellow sun and lighter gravity gave him fantastic superpowers. In the city of Metropolis, he's known as mild-mannered TV newsman Clark Kent, but battles evil all over Earth and beyond as Superman. Episode 61 of Charlie's Geek Cast, continuing our coverage of Superman in the Bronze Age. This time out, we are returning to 1983 to check out Superman number 391, which has which had a cover date of January 84. But before we get into it, let's take a quick break for a promo or two. I'll be right back. Charlie's Geek Cast will return after these promos. Did you know? That Michael Bailey hosts a podcast. Yeah, I host or co-host a number of podcasts, actually. Did you know that Michael Bailey releases his podcasts through the dark web? Now, that's not true at all. I release my shows on the regular internet. I don't even know how to get to the dark web. Did you know that Michael's financing comes from shady donors who make up a cabal of people that like to kick puppies and kittens? What are you talking about? I'm pretty much self-financed outside of a modest Patreon that I produce no extra content Did you know that Michael Bailey supports free podcasts for everyone and also works on his shows with potential foreign spies and anarchists? Of course I support free podcasts for everyone. And Andy isn't a spy of any kind. Bethany and Allison are hardly anarchists. And Jeff... Okay, you may have me there. Jeff is a little out there. Why would you support such a man by listening to his podcast? All right, that's enough of that. Can we, can we get rid of creepy voice guy? He, he's not working out. He really just isn't. You can't get rid of me that easily. I'm a scary voice that is meant to frighten people into... Okay, okay, that's that's better. Hey, everyone. My name is Michael Bailey, and I run the Fortress of Baileytude Podcasting Network. The Fortress is a collection of podcasts that I either host or co-host, all housed in a single place to make things easier on me. The shows in the network include From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, which I host with Jeffrey Taylor, and is all about the Superman books published between 1986 and 2006, the Overlooked Dark Knight, a non-index index show, which is a Batman podcast that is about Batman stories hardly anyone talks about that I host with Andrew Leyland. Views from the Long Box, my comics-centric podcast that has been online since 2007. And the newest show on the network, The Superman and Lois Tapes, which I host with Allison and Bethany and is all about the CW series Superman and Lois. The network can be found at www.fortressofbailytude.com which also houses one of the web's largest repositories of information on the death and return of Superman from 1992 and 1993. You can subscribe to any of these programs through Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or through your favorite podcatcher, either a la carte or through the master feed, which has all of the episodes of all of the shows. The Fortress and its shows are also on Spotify, if you're into that sort of thing. The Fortress of Bailey Tude Podcasting Network. 
doing my best to relieve boredom since 2007. The music on this trailer, Delay Rock and Political Action Ad, are by Kevin McLeod and are used under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Did you know? Oh, shut up! A hundred days have made me older Since the last time that I saw your pretty face A thousand lives have made me colder And I don't think I can look at this the same But all the miles that separate Disappear now when I'm dreaming of your face I'm here without you, baby But you're still on my lonely mind I think about you, baby And I dream about you all the time I'm here without you, baby But you're still with me in my dreams And tonight Right, and we're back. And as I mentioned before, Superman 391 had a cover date of January 1984. It had an on-sale date of October 13th, 1983, with a cover price of 75 cents. And this cover, it's a little different. It's mostly white, although with a weird futuristic kind of background thing. Basically, we've got Superman in what looks like a futuristic techno chair, although it does come complete with a Super S on it. Uh, And it's connected to this large screen on which he has typed, Who Kidnapped Lana Lang? Now, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be the supercomputer or his diary, but I believe that at this time, he wrote in his diary using his heat vision, and it was written in Kryptonian. So this wouldn't be close to accurate. And it does not match any depiction I've ever seen of the supercomputer. At least not the one in the issue. Or the next issue. So I'm not sure. And the whole thing appears to be floating in some weird looking place. Which which is kind of cool. But again, it doesn't really match anything. Having said all that, this would make for a great reimagining of the supercomputer or the diary. Especially if it was followed through upon inside the issues. But alas, it isn't. Having said that, though, and having said, having said that, again, Superman looks really cool. But then again, this artwork is by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, with inks by Dick Giordano. So how is it not going to look cool? It's definitely a nice change of pace over the Gil Kane covers we've had recently. Superman actually looks like Superman. I like it. The title of this issue is Who Stole the Newswoman of the Year? The credits are written by Carrie Bates and Elliot S. Magan, drawn by Kurt Swan and Dave Hunt, lettered by Ben Oda, colored by Tony Tallinn, edited by Julie Schwartz, and Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Once again, we are continuing from the previous issue, and we are still at the Broadcast Journalism Banquet, where a man that looks like Perry White, again, but probably isn't Perry White, Again, 
announces that the 1984 News Person of the Year is Lana Lang. As she makes her acceptance speech, she's interrupted by Vartox, claiming that she is his. Spotting Clark, Vartox picks him up over his head, admonishing him for playing his false, cowardly role. He's about to reveal that Clark is Superman, but a quick burst of super suction creates enough of a vacuum around Vartox's head that no one is able to hear him. Annoyed, Vartox tosses Clark out the window. While Vartox uses his powers to prevent security from stopping him, Clark uses just enough of his flying power to ensure that Vartox's toss gets him to a banner, which he then uses to wrap himself up in a, believably way, in a believable way to break his fall. Sort of. Although now that I think about it, I don't know how that would work. It's wrapping going down. I would think it would just make it faster. Anyway, hidden in the banner, which has now landed in a tree, Clark changes to Superman, but by the time he gets back into the banquet, Vartox has grabbed Lana and teleported away, leaving behind expanding waves of photon energy. Which, you know, is not something you see every day. Not 100% sure how Superman knows what it is just by looking at it, but it's comics. Quickly, Superman flies around the energy at super speed, condensing it down into a large ball of basically light. He grabs this light somehow and flies it up into space, but even at super speed, by the time he reaches space, he's been engulfed by the photon energy which has expanded again. Now it's unclear if he just leaves it to fly off into deeper space while he heads back to Earth, or if something about being in space causes it to kind of explode, but either way, he says it's no longer of any concern and flies back to Metropolis so that Clark can be rescued from the tree. The next evening, while Clark reports about Lana's abduction on the news, her secret admirer gets upset at her for dating someone who can't protect her from aliens and for not staying on Earth. I mean, how can a man have a healthy relationship with a woman who can't stay on Earth? Am I right? But. Then he feels bad for being angry at Lana and enters his dark room to apologize to... Lana? Meanwhile, back at WGBS, Clark, Lois, Jimmy, and Justin are in a break room, apparently having some coffee, where Lois begins criticizing the Man of Steel for not being able to protect Lana. While Justin and Jimmy try to defend their super friend, Clark wonders if the rest of the world is thinking of him the same way since they probably don't know that he used his powers to help him search both the city and the entire world for Lana, but came up empty. Ironically, at that very moment, Bartox is actually in the fortress, using his powers to scan and absorb the information from the supercomputer that all involves Superman, from his early days on Krypton to his time with the Kents in Smallville, up to the present in Metropolis, despite causing damage to the computer itself. Several thousand miles to the south, Lana is inside an active volcano, trying to climb out. Unfortunately, she slips, and wouldn't be a goner, except that Vartox has arrived just in time to save her. As they fly away, we change scenes yet again, back to her secret admirer's apartment, where, talking to a mannequin made to look like Lana, he reviews an old Daily Planet article detailing the end of her engagement to Vartox. Wondering how he can hope to compete with a super-powered alien, ironically not realizing that Clark is a super-powered alien, but, you know, whatever. 
And after a good night's sleep, our crazy nutjob goes for a walk to try and figure out how to save Lana. But as he walks past the first state bank, two holdup men run out to their getaway car and speed off. And they're about to remove Lana's admirer from the story when Superman arrives just in time to stop the car, spin it on one of its bumpers, and let it fall over on its roof. But when he asks the admirer if he's okay, he urges Superman to save Lana so that he can so that she can return to the six o'clock news. I mean, yeah, that's basically the only reason. Speaking of Lana, she's busy giving Vartox a piece of her mind for abducting her. But he reveals that although he may look and sound like Vartox, he's not the same man Lana was engaged to. As he flies off again, we return to the fortress where Superman discovers the damage that Vartox caused earlier, specifically to the circuits containing information about him. While he wonders why his old friend would need to know his personal history, we change scenes yet again to a strange spacecraft heading to Earth. Soon it is intercepted by the Man of Steel and directed to land in an area not currently monitored by any nation's air force. After landing, the pilot, Gupel, from the planet Lyra 8, introduces himself stating that he is a law enforcement officer and requests Superman's aid in finding a criminal Dybuk named Srak, or Sraka. Now, since we don't know what a Dybuk is, Superman fortunately explains that a Dybuk is, is an entity capable of occupying the bodies of other beings. Gupel believes that Sraka has taken possession of a super being and shows Man of Steel an image of that being, Bartox. As Gupel tells Superman how his department can aid him in capturing Sraka, he's caught off guard when Superman transforms into Vartox, who is using his powers to change his appearance. Then, Sraka uses Vartox's powers to completely disintegrate both Gupla and his ship, leaving behind no evidence of their existence. Sraka revels in Vartox's powers, but states that Vartox's body won't sustain him for much longer. So it's time he consumed the finest host body of all, Superman, to be continued. All right, moving into notes, page one. I like the panel layout here. One thing I will give credit to Swan for is he seems to be trying. I mean, this is a nice experiment with panel layouts. The uh, weird scene transition thing from last issue kind of carries into here. But again, he's trying to upgrade his bag of tricks to kind of modernize things. Page four, Lana remembers a time when she was making out with Vartox as they were flying. But again, Lana has her new do. Page five and six, I love how they get Clark out of the room here and provide him with cover to change to Superman without having it, him being running off scared or fainting or having an upset stomach or something. It's, I'm guessing it's planned, but they're doing a good job of making Clark a little bit more believable, a little tougher. He's still not the post-crisis Clark, but he's getting better. Page 8. Superman returning to the banner so that Clark can be saved works so well here. The whole scene would give no one any indication that Clark and Superman are the same man. Also got a little bit of a Superboy TV series vibe or a Christopher Reeve Superman movies vibe because of the fact that, you know, now that Superman's gone, Clark's Back where he should be, I don't know, pulling a dog out of a drain tunnel or something. Or in this case, actually being saved. 
Page 10. Okay, so maybe I can see Lois still being a bit bitter about the breakup and her losing the Middle East story as a reason to be nasty about Superman. But I hope this doesn't become a habit. I mean, she really is taking him down a few pegs here. As a friend, she would be... I don't, I don't think she'd be like this. Also, Jimmy's wearing a non-plaid suit again. Just pointing that out. And I also like mentioning that Superman is a superman, not a god. It's nice to see that being acknowledged by people other than Marv Wolfman. Since, you know, we will see him carry that into the post-crisis where that's very much the case. And this version of Superman seems more super than man. Page 11. Although... If Superman really had combed the earth like he said, I'm not sure how he didn't find Lana. Granted, no one's perfect, but she's in an active volcano. Now, maybe he just assumed she wouldn't be in an active volcano. I don't know. But I would think that the volcano itself would draw his attention. I don't know. Anyway, page moving up to page 17. Superman is this close to the creepy admirer and doesn't even know it. That had me like, I don't know. One of those scenes where it's like, it's right there. Especially since they're with not knowing. Well, I guess we did know the mannequin at this point, which by the way, he did. The, the guy did kiss when he left. It's almost like they were trying to make you think that Vartox was also this guy. I, I, I don't know. Also, I don't know about uh, if you guys know about this, but. This episode, this one, we finally reveal who the admirer is. And granted, I know he, we learned last issue that he was in a rundown house, but I am kind of surprised it's not the master jailer. I don't know why he's kind of done this before. I thought he was back, so it's kind of nice that it's someone new. I just wish we knew who it was. Page eighteen. Lana is the first to figure out that Vartox isn't really Vartox, which really makes sense considering how close the two of them were pages 20 and 21 i totally fell for this when i first read this it made so much sense for superman to be the one to intercept the ship and direct it down and talk with goopla i was so surprised to find out that it was vartox in disguise i mean it got me very well page 23 it should come to no surprise that despite Vartox being more powerful than Superman, and they've mentioned that a few times in the last two issues, and that he boasts an even wider array of powers, since we're reading a Superman comic, Superman's body would have to be the grand prize. Maybe it's because he's younger. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's Kryptonian. Maybe the Kryptonian part of it means that Sraka will be able to use it, use his body longer? I don't know. It's not explained here. Kind of doesn't make sense to me, but since Vartox's body is apparently getting ready to be used up and consumed, it makes sense that Superman would be the next logical choice. Overall, I thought this was a great issue. Granted, there's a lot of scene changes, but that just gave the story a more frantic pace, which kind of added to the excitement. We not only get some important revelations here, but also a great setup for the final part of the story next issue. How is Superman going to defeat a more powerful hero? Will he be able to figure out what's going on before it's too late? Will Vartox trim up his handlebar mustache the way he did his sideburns? I am so glad I don't have to wait a full month to read this issue. This next issue. I am so sorry you're going to have to, because next time out, there was an action issue. 
So you have to wait until the following episode after that to see what happens to the, in the next issue of Superman. Ha <laughs> ha But you technically, if you can get your hands on it, you can read the issue. So you really don't have to wait a month. You just have to wait for my coverage of it. Also, the art was rather good here. Granted, there's a few spots that were a little off. And Vartox's hair kind of kept changing lengths. But over, overall, I just thought it was wonderful eye candy. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode. So I want to thank you all for listening. Playing us out this time is the number one song for the week of release, which is Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time with more super goodness. Bye. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely And you're never coming around Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit tired Of listening to the sound of my tears Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit nervous That the best of all the years have gone by Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit terrified then I see the look in your eyes Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's GeekCast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening and good night.
Total eclipse of the heart. 